Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. And welcome to Jazzy Conversations. I'm Teef. And I'm Gigi. And we're excited to be here. Listen, thanks for checking in. G. Yes. Three days after Christmas. How was your Christmas? It was amazing. I, um, you know, for me, Christmas is, I mean, it is, it is the spiritual, it is the is relationship with God. So I just have an amazing time of quiet and, and just really being prayerful and grateful. You know? You're so spiritual. Every time I talk to you, you're always bringing up God. You're always on a church every Sunday. I love that about you. I absolutely do. love that about I gotta, you. I got to give, give honor. Yeah, that's Amen. how my life Amen. is. Amen. Yes, Amen. sir. How about Listen, yours? Sir. So before we do that, oh, hold that thought. Yeah. Please, if you're out there watching, please subscribe, hit the like button, help us grow um, as we continue to grow. Um, getting back to your question. <laughs> yes. Christmas is great. Yeah. Good time to spend with the family. Uh, old saying, happy wife, happy. Happy life. <laughs> That's right. So it was great. Spent time with the wife, kids. Uh, had a great time. Received a good gift. Uh, several good gifts. Um, was able to give out a few nice gifts. And um, the next day, Yes, I come on, drum roll, please. <laughs> as you know, it's my yeah. birthday, so yes. we went down, we traveled down to Manhattan as we do. It's a tradition, Family we've been doing tradition. For about, yes, yeah. and again, next year, you, your husband, my buddy Adam, and the kids are invited, so please come down. Yes, we'll, we'll be there, um, yeah, and uh, we're gonna take a picture in front of Rockefeller Plaza. It's tradition. Yeah. You know, that's 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 a tradition um, we've never really adapted to. No one in my family likes winter outdoor winter activities. Oh my goodness. No, as a kid, like I brought, each of my daughters has gone to the tree and uh -huh. they've gone skating at Rockefeller Center. But man, Are they going skating? Yeah. Oh. The first time when I brought my daughter, I mean, my, my oldest is like, she's, she's an adult. She's a right. full fledged adult. Right. But we went, it was cold, it was wet, it was misty. Oh my goodness. And so it That's was like, like, oh, we're, we're all set. Nobody likes, nobody in my family likes to be cold. No, we're the same way because mm. we got asked, you and I were talking before we came on camera. And you said, Teef, what about the Christmas tree down in New Haven? Mm -hmm. Now, that's a good tradition that we have to start going to, too. Because uh, I've been asked, listen, you and Gigi come down, uh, hang out at uh, the Christmas lighting. And I told him, you know, following year, we'll go down. We'll, we'll bring the spouses down. Yeah. Shima and Adam, we'll have a good time. And we have and, a beautiful uh, tree in New Haven, we do. Teef. The, the, the tree, has it's always beautiful. We love our city. Yeah. Love our city. New Haven. Listen, we got a great show for you guys today. Very exciting. We're talking about the city. How could you talk about the city without talking about the mayor? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're ready. You ready? Get ready. Here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jazzy Conversations. I'm Teef. And I'm Gigi. And we have Mayor Justin Elliker from the great city of New Haven, Connecticut. Mayor Elliker, welcome to uh, Jazzy Conversations. How you doing? It's good to be here. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm actually recovering. I don't know if you can see uh, for folks listening. They obviously can't. But um, I had a little mishap over Thanksgiving. My kids were chasing me, and I fell on the concrete and got three stitches here. So, oh, God bless. But I'm, but I'm on the mend. I'm on the mend. Oh, man, thank goodness. Well, listen. As long as you're having a good time with your family, that's very important because you're always busy in the city, running around doing different things. I actually saw Justin doing a Harlem Shake once. Oh, did you? <laughs> Believe it or not, I saw him doing a Harlem Shake. <laughs> I saw him singing church songs. I did too. I saw, saw him right downtown at the which was the college uh, uh, theater. Was it on, yeah, on yeah, College, college Street? College School. Yeah. That's right. I saw. I think you, you saw me. I think you saw me trying to do the Harlem show. He, he, he was rocking it. He was rocking it. <laughs> Justin, before we uh, begin, uh, Mayor Elliker, listen, I want to have a little fun with this. 
I got a question for you. It's Christmas time. Tell me your favorite Christmas movie and your favorite Christmas song. Favorite Christmas uh, movie. One of my, so uh, one of my favorite Christmas uh, movies is The Grinch, believe it or not, oh, because it's, uh, yeah, it's a lesson for all of us not to be too grumpy and to believe in other people and that we all have the opportunity to change. Okay. And it's just such a fun, fun movie. We watch it with my kids and, uh, and, and it's a, uh, it's it's both encapsulates all these people that are having a great time being wonderful to each other and how one person can kind of ruin your fun, mm. but they can also change their lives around and and think more opt optimistically about people. I love favorite it. song. I got a lot of favorite. I got a lot of favorite songs uh, during Christmas. I actually pull out the guitar and play a bunch with uh, with my family. Wow! And we'll be doing that over the next few weeks. Which Just is a which man is of so many talents. <laughs> so many talents. <laughs> Hey, Harlem you. Shake, those <laughs> guitars. You know? You know, the funny thing about it, Gigi and I were talking about you before you came on, and we were just saying, listen, you and Gigi got a lot in common. You guys are both brainiacs. Now, I'm not sure if you know, Gigi graduated from Wilbur Cross as well, yes. and she was class president. Yes, I was. So that, that, that's, as far as, yes. that's as far as my political life goes, uh, Mayor Elliker. That's it. <laughs> it's early. It's early. There's still lots of opportunity. <laughs> Mayor Elliker, we want to take people through the process. Um, we have a few questions for you. We just want to take them through the process uh, for people that don't know. So I started out saying there's a lot of brainiac people like you and Gigi. But for people like me that just want to sit back and say, what's the process of you going through becoming the mayor? Listen, um, give us your background first. Tell us where you're from. People want to know like where you're from, uh, different things like that, your siblings, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So I was born in New York City and... Um... Uh, my folks moved to Connecticut when I was like two or three years old okay. and I uh, grew up in Connecticut, grew up in New Canaan, Connecticut, um, which is, you know, a, a suburb that often looks towards New York. And uh, in many ways, I wasn't exposed to a lot of the diversity that New Haven has when I was younger. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, spent a lot of my life after college. I went to, I actually went to college in, in Vermont, Middlebury College. And okay, came yeah. to Yale for grad, graduate school. But I traveled around. I lived in um, uh, Taiwan for a couple of years, Hong Kong for a couple of years, traveled around Spain. And, and it's so good to get out of your bubble and see different experiences, not only to learn about how other people live their lives and their viewpoints, but it makes you realize the 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 assumptions that you had about your own life and uh, your own way to live and um, so you know after traveling around for a while and trying to find my way and an opportunity to really make a difference I came to New Haven and been here ever since and things have been uh, things have been happening yes, yes it they has have. so so Mayor you mentioned um, this idea of traveling around and visiting other places now you didn't just travel you speak several languages am I correct. Yeah, so I, I learned, and that's actually one of the things that has been uh, one of my favorite kind of interests is learning foreign languages because you, you, you can connect with people if you have a translator, but you can really connect with people if you talk directly mm -hmm. to them. And, I, and I've spent a lot of time studying Spanish and, and Mandarin Chinese um, and in part wanted to live abroad to really hone those skills and still got a long way to go with both of them. Um, but it's, uh, it's been really, and also people, particularly in China are really surprised when they mm -hmm. find foreigners that can speak Chinese. And so, uh, it's, it really, it's, it's also a gesture that you can make to another culture and they, a bridge builder, they right? Absolutely. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. They, 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 they say, wow, you've spent the time to, to really try to learn our language and connect with us. And, yeah. 
um, I think that's an important way to connect with people. Absolutely. Mary Ellicker, what was your favorite subject in high school? What was your favorite sub subject? Uh, Spanish, Spanish, actually. I, we each had Spanish um, names. My name was Jose. Jose. Uh, yeah. Um, but just for that very reason, it, uh, it's such a useful tool, you know, particularly in New Haven. I, I'm speaking Spanish all the time in the city. Um, there's a lot of Spanish speaking residents and a lot of people that do not speak English that speak Spanish. Um, my daughter goes to the uh, a Family Academy, Academy of Multilingual Experience, which is on uh, Grand Avenue. You should be Columbus School. Okay. And many of her classmates, uh, they um, they come from Spanish speaking backgrounds. And I just loved I started learning in high school. I majored in it in college and um, and, you know, lived in Spain for I don't know, like four months. Uh, it's such a good tool and uh, a really fun way to connect with people. Wait a minute. You majored in Spanish, not political science? Mm -mm. Wow. No. <laughs> Look at yeah, you, you know what? You don't need to run. You don't need to have any political background or, you know, expertise to run for, run for office. <laughs> did, you, did you have any idea then that you um, were interested in being in politics? Like when you were an undergrad, I mean? You know, I, I wanted to, I've always had this drive to want to make a difference, right? Want to leave the world a better place than I found it. I think a lot of us, mm -hmm. I, I, ho I hope a lot of us feel that way in, in trying to find the best way to do that. Uh, I tried a bunch of different things, you know, I, I, I so when I was in Asia, I, I worked for the foreign service uh, as an economic officer. So working for the U.S. government and um, decided that that kind of, moving around all the time life wasn't uh having a huge impact and i i felt like i was complaining a lot about mm. politicians and complaining a lot about uh, i can't believe you know people are making these sorts of decisions mm -hmm. and after a while i felt like you know i shouldn't complain about it. i should actually try to make a difference and you know see if i could see if i could run and um see if i could be someone that actually practiced the things that i was criticizing other people for That's not right. doing that's right. So I, I don't want to go too far because I want to stay on the that was a great question. Absolutely great question. Mm -hmm. Let's back up just a little bit. So you graduate from high school, you apply to different schools. You wind up going to Yale. What other schools were you looking at? So I went so I didn't go to Yale undergrad. I went to Middlebury College in Vermont undergrad. Yes, in Vermont. Mm -hmm. It's like in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. It's really beautiful mm -hmm. up there. Um but, uh, you know, I was looking at a bunch of different kind of schools in the New England region. I didn't want to go too, too far from my family. I like, I like New England a lot. I like, believe it or not, I like the weather. Um, <laughs> I always like the change in seasons and, uh, and, you know, the, the, the feeling of the motion of time, you know, right. that every season has its own special attributes. Um, and then later on, I wanted to get more knowledge about environmental issues. Okay. And so that's when I applied to Yale Graduate School and I applied to the, the School of Management and then also this, now it's called the school, Yale School of Environment, but it was called the School of Forestry back mm -hmm. 10, 10, 12 years ago. And so I applied to both of those as a joint degree student and, um, and got in. And, you know, what, I applied to a couple of schools at that time, but one of the reasons I wanted to come to Yale is because it was close to my family. Okay. And, you know, having spent four years in Asia, I really missed being able to, you know, my family's just to drive down the road and missed also being able to put down roots because at the State Department, you move every two years. It's just part of the deal. Right. And you really can't put roots down in a community. And I, and I knew that um, coming to Yale and New Haven, it was likely that I could stay here for longer than just those 
three years of uh, uh, of school. Okay. And it's Yale. Right? There's there's also that yeah. added benefit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I think we have to be real about that, right? Yes. It's like, you know, um, the, the when people hear you go to Yale, they they it's a door for, opener just because mm -hmm. of the association. They're like, wow, this person may be even if it's not true. Right. This person yeah. may, may be more capable. That pedigree opens some doors. Yeah, I absolutely. am sure. Right. Right. So you graduate from Yale, first job out of college, just like the rest of us. What was your first job? First job. Out of college, let's see. I, I during college, I did. Um, I was a teller at a bank in uh, at People's Bank. Okay. So for the uh, yeah for the summer, I um I I was like a floating teller. So whenever someone would go on vacation at one of the branches, I'd fill in for a week. All right. So that check, was interesting. Multilingual, customer mm -hmm. service. You've got a couple of checks customer on your resume. Service. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, it, it's every day at the end of the day. If you're a, a bank teller, you you try to balance what's in your your box, the cash in your box, with what the computer says the cash in your box should be. And believe it or not, it's harder than you might think because you know you're you're dealing with like tons tons of money in and out all all day long. And generally, I was pretty good at balancing out at the end of the day, which is which is good. So attention to detail. I was going to say detail oriented. Um, Come on, the resume is building up here. And my youngest sister. I know, people my... are pretty finicky with their money. So customer <laughs> service is pretty important with yeah, it. It's extremely the important. But, but the other thing I did, I, I taught at um, a high school for a while. Um, there, it's it no longer exists, but it's a school in upstate Connecticut called the Hyde School, H-Y-D-E. We actually have like the local Hyde School as well. But um, and the focus was for, you know, they called it at-risk at kids or kids that were struggling in their own high school. And they would go to it's mostly a boarding school for kids that were struggling. And it was it was, I learned so much about myself at the school. You know, there, there, there's a real focus on when kids were struggling, not acting like nothing was going on, but they would even take them out of class and do a lot of seminars and really work through, engage with their families as well, work for, through some of the challenges that they were facing. And, um, and they really involved the faculty in, in, in that conversation and sharing our own kind of struggles and, uh, and and focusing on how we could improve our own lives and so it's really I, I i was really proud to have been a high school teacher uh it was a formative experience in my life and i, I didn't teach there for that long but it really you know i felt like i learned a ton where was during this the time I was, uh mayor where, where, it's in woodstock okay. woodstock connecticut there's like a woodstock fair that people yes. but it's like north it's northeast connecticut it's it's like an hour and a half from here Right. I, I mentioned because I'm I'm very familiar with the with the um Hyde schools because there's also one in Bath, Maine. Um am exactly. I, yes, yeah, I'm very familiar. They've got that, a really it. community accountability okay. um philosophy embedded. So I'm not surprised at all to hear that you were a part of that. I everyone I know that's been a part of it and my family has been a part of that work has been transformed by by what their education philosophy Ooh, is. I so, love it, G. Love it. Absolutely. She she knows it because yes. Bath, Maine was the, the kind of sister school at the time. There was those two. Bath was where it started. And then they started the second campus at Woodstock. And mm -hmm. um, and there, there was a lot of teachers that had taught at Bath that kind of came down to start this new school. Um, but it was really, I, I think your way of framing it, like a community accountability. It was all of us working to keep each other accountable. Like, like the students would sit, call out the teachers and be like, hey, you're not being true to yourself here, too. So it was right. just something pretty inspiring about that. This is, this is a really good interview. It really is. Now the process starts. So after the teaching job, you're looking into politics. How does that happen? 
Well, I, I had a, a pretty long journey before I even got into politics of, you know, it, uh, living abroad and all that stuff, and then started to think about how I really wanted to make a difference in the in the world and have a greater impact. And, I, I you know, when I came to New Haven and started studying at Yale, I thought maybe after after I get my degree, I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of delve into to uh, elected office. But I was here a year and was, was like, well, you know, why am I going to wait? I want to make a difference now. And I actually ran uh, for Alder uh, my second year here in the East Rock and Cedar Hill neighborhood. Ward 10 is this is this area of the city. And um, uh, I won. Uh, it was funny. I, I wanted I wanted to I wanted to win so bad. I worked so hard <laughs> and I was a student. I was a bad student because I was focused so much on uh, having an impact on the community. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I remember, I remember this one guy. I knocked on his door like five or six times over the course of you know, I don't know, five months. And he's like, if and he, he and you know, what you do when you're knocking on doors is you know, you talk with people, ask her, ask how they feel about things, what what difference pe- people would like to see happen. And then at the end, if you're if you're doing it right, you say, "Can I have your support?" And to kind of get a sense of where people are at. And this guy would not tell me the whole, you know, after like five conversations, what what he was going to do. And then finally, he's like, "I've never had seen anybody want this job so bad." <laughs> 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 support, man. <laughs> um, so, I, so, so I I won and. Um, uh, as Alder and was Alder for four years and uh, and really enjoyed it. Um, it's a, it's a it's a really good way to get involved in your community and see not just about your own kind of neighborhood what's going on there, but but what's going on in the rest of the city as well. And uh, I wanted to see if I could make more of a difference, so I ran for mayor and I lost uh, in 2013, which I think is a good you know part of. Uh, the electoral process is being mm-hmm. able to lose and come back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I I ran in 2013. Uh, I, at first, I was running against John Stefano, and then he decided not to run again. And then there was all kinds of people that ran, and then Mayor Harp ended up winning. You know, she was at, t- at mm-hmm. that time Senator there were Harp. Many she candidates that year, more than I've ever seen in New Haven for for one election. Yeah. That it was, was crazy. It was crazy. It was like <laughs> I remember that. Every, every other day someone else was running. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the next five years, um, I ran the New Haven Land Trust, uh, which does community gardens mm-hmm. and environmental programming and educational programming across the city. And then I ran again in 2019. And that time around, I won. Right. And that's the transition. The dream was realized in 2020. Mm-hmm. So you took over during yeah. the pan- pandemic. Quick question for you. Since the pandemic, how have you grown as a person, father, mayor? You took over right in the heart of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. How do you see yourself four years later? How did how did how did you grow? Yeah, I, I think all of us have kind of learned a lot about ourselves throughout this whole process, right? Um, I, I I so I started in January one of twenty twenty, and then in March it was like full on. That's right. You know, this Shut is, this down is and- it, it's. Yeah, this is the big, this is a real deal. Um, and uh, it's been, I think, different for every person, right? Some people, they they had jobs where they were very, very isolated for a long time and didn't really interact with a lot of people and other people, you know, that were on the front lines. And so it was, and for me, I was out working every day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think for me, I've both seen, I think in a time of crisis, you see people's character come through. That's right. And in most ways, I have seen um, really admirable, uh, admirable things happen in our community. You know, it's everything from what what may seem small of, of like tons of people coming out for a mass giveaway or mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or volunteering for uh, to provide food for the community, volunteering to go shopping. I don't know if you remember early on in the pandemic, there were younger people that weren't as risk would go shopping for seniors. And there's just all these little acts of selflessness that were beautiful and tons of people that uh, were going to work every day at the hospital and medical centers and that were uh, doing it because they had to, because we needed them, but they were putting themselves at risk and getting sick. And, um, and so I, I think it gave me a lot of, uh, I had a lot of hope in humanity, but it, it mm. reminded me in a very real way when people are actually putting themselves at risk, uh, how generous and selfless people can be. That's right. Um, you know, at the same time, it's we've seen some struggles over the past few years as well. And New Haven is, is a place where the politics can get pretty intense and, um, and, and you know, sometimes kind of negative. And uh, I think that's that's been a struggle, but it's made my family closer. And, um, you know, we 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 do our best to support each other every step of the way. That's that's that was the part. I'm really happy to hear that part about the family at the end. Uh, You and your daughters. Now, believe it or not, I've seen you jogging. I've seen you walking your daughter home from school. Uh, I want people to know about that. They they don't a lot of people don't get a chance to see that because they always see you on the news doing different things for Mm -hmm. in the community for the city. But what about your you and your wife has a great relationship. I always see you with your kids walking. What about tell us a little about that. How's, How's that going? Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the best part of my day. Right. It's the best part of my day. And and I. Uh, I feel fortunate actually because some people have jobs or they're traveling. They don't get to see their kids as much. Almost every day I have breakfast with my kids and almost every day uh, I get to either eat dinner with them or kiss them goodnight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I often go back to work after that or or do work on the computer or whatever, but I feel really fortunate that um, I have the ability to, to be there with them and, sometimes bring them along to events and things like that. Some of them they like, others are really boring to them. Um, but, uh, but I, but I get to spend a ton of time with them. Uh, and kind we, you know, my wife and I just make it work. I feel so grateful for my wife because she, you know, she's got a full-time job, but she still is able to, um, uh, to help support, uh, picking up the kids. And a lot of times, you know, my schedule is kind of crazy and so, and she's, unbelievably reliable one of my favorite things to do is we do the stroller bike run where we uh my seven-year-old molly rides her bike and my four-year-old gets in the jogging stroller and i run so it's a stroller mm-hmm. bike run and we run up to the top of or bike up to the top of east rock park and come back down and it's a it's a really fun way to get exercise and um and get out there and enjoy each other's company right. and they they uh not to get too much in the details but we my way to kind of draw them to participate is they each pick out a secret snack <laughs> and they don't pick out the healthiest things but at the top of east rock park we all unveil our secret snacks uh, and eat them together <laughs> beautiful 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 i i love this so mine are usually like super healthy carrots or something and they've, they've got like some chocolate bars that's like right that, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> and you allow it. I, I love yeah. this connection to family. And I, I would imagine that most people, when they think of the seat of the mayor, they don't think of what it takes, what it, what it calls on your family to do. And so the level of support um, that is required. I, I wonder how your, your children feel about you being the mayor. Like, what is their concept of that for you? You know, it's funny. My four-year-old doesn't really get it, right? Yeah. Um, she, she's still too young. And seven-year-old, I, I, my worry is that, you know, I never want anyone to treat her differently, especially, especially at school. Um, and our, her teacher's been really good about that. Um, and, uh, my, you know, my worry is she might feel insecure about it. And it's some, you know, some decision I make and a kid, another kid makes it a comment or whatever. A parent makes a comment, the kids listen in and then they make a comment, you know, by and large, uh, I think that, uh, she's still at an age where it doesn't have a huge impact on her. I think they think it's kind of fun sometimes when we, you know, go to events and like daddy's, daddy's up in the, the cherry picker or whatever the, you know, that, um, uh, the the yeah. bucket truck yeah. uh, lighting. So it will do a menorah lighting on the green and they put me in the bucket truck and I go all the way up and light that, that huge menorah. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's fun little things like that, that, you know, most, most kids, daddies and mommies don't do. Don't get to do, but there's yeah, my exactly. daddy, right? <laughs> He's all the way up there. We were just so. having a conversation about uh, Gigi and I asked, were asked to make an appearance somewhere on Wednesday. And Gigi's response was, Teef, my daughter's getting an award. There's no way I'm missing it. I have to spend time with my daughter. And I love that response. That's I said, right. gee, that's the way it's supposed that's to right. be. So uh, we appreciate that. So in the next few days, it's January, and you're about to start re-election campaign. What's the direction of the city? What, what direction are we going? What's your goals for 2023? Uh, let everyone know. Yeah, and, and it might start sooner than you think. It might start sooner than January, too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in New Haven, it's kind of crazy because it almost feels like it's always elect election season. We have two year terms. And so right. you're always on. You the gotta, mm -hmm. Yeah, always on in campaign season, whether you like it or not. But, um, you know, there, there's I think that New Haven things are going really, really well mm -hmm. and we continue to struggle. Right. And I think that we have to be real about both those things. There's incredible development going on in the city, which is overall a really good thing for uh, everyone in the city. It helps grow our tax base. It helps pay for a lot of the programs that are really, really important for our residents. But we've got to do uh, the growth in an inclusive way. And we're, our team is working very hard to make sure that that happens. I mean, we've the number of groundbreakings and ribbon cuttings that we have done over the past several years, is, especially in the pandemic, is just remarkable. Mm -hmm. And what I find exciting is it's not just these huge developments, but there's been a ton of young entrepreneurs yes. that are new entrepreneurs, black and brown entrepreneurs that are starting their own businesses. Absolutely. And um, and that makes us a vibrant economy, right? You, if you have like all Targets and Walmarts out there, that money, most of that money goes outside it's the city. Local, yeah, that but doesn't you, generate wealth within exactly. the community. That's right. And we had the Black exactly. Wall Street we, this year. We had the Black Wall Street downtown. Right. Maybe that was Black beautiful. Expo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we so Breed I mean, it, it helped organize with cultural, uh, our Adrian Jefferson from our Office of Cultural Affairs, Black Wall Street. There's just like this vibrancy in the the diversity of our city that I think is continuing to get even stronger and stronger and stronger. And we've had, we have some, you know, as, as you all know, major developments in the pipeline as well. Like, I finally broke ground on the Coliseum site, and yes. uh, there's there'll be 
there'll be significant residential there, including a you know a pretty big chunk of affordable housing, which is great. The the Dixwell Plaza uh, is going to transform transform that whole corridor right. because of the work that Concorp is doing there. It's just going to be remarkable. And so there are these major projects that are actually being Beulah has done land development has done mm-hmm. a major affordable housing project. They broke ground. There, there's so much happening in the city, and that's really going to benefit the city in so many different ways. But at the same time. We still have the struggle, right? We we have challenges like you know many cities around the nation. There's been a real uptick in the uh, in the number of people experiencing homelessness that were, and I think we have to acknowledge the the work that we need to do in New Haven and also as a region and as a state to to help support people that are struggling the most. People still struggle with access to jobs, not jobs, but living wage jobs. People are uh, you know struggling with all kinds of issues, and so the work is ahead of us, but. We're making, you know, I really believe we're making a lot of progress. Lots of progress. I, I Absolutely. There's no doubt about it, Mayor. And I, I would ask you, what what would you, if you just had the, the platform, which you do now, to share the, the piece of your, your, your span of time leading this city, what are you most proud of that you've been able to accomplish? A, Good question. So uh, it's, a, it's a great question. And, I, you know, I, I think that, anything that you know the development is not because of me right the the growth is not because of me um the work that has been done is because of so many people that um are kind of all rowing in the same direction if you will um i think and it sounds uh not exciting but it is critical to our success is it goes back to money and historically, New Haven has been underfunded. Uh, and unlike other states where, you know, you ha- in other states, you have a strong county system. So you have people that are living in a more suburban environment that are also paying into the larger pool of money that helps support everyone and people in cities. In places like Connecticut, cities like New Haven have a really small area. And there's only a, a very small group of people that are all paying for the services of many people struggling. Mm-hmm. And so we have been underfunded for years and have really struggled financially. In the last two, two and a half years, we've seen a dramatic change in the funding that comes to the city. And there's two things that have happened. One is uh, in partnership with, and thanks to leadership of Senator Martin Looney and the other uh, New Haven delegation, okay. the state significantly increased its payment in lieu of taxes funding. It was at around 40 million and now it's at or around 90 million annually that comes to the city that that is a i mean in a budget our budget's around 600 650 million that increase in funding is a game changer and then the second thing for years people have talked about yale university needs to fund the city more and they just haven't done it you know they've slowly kind of inched up their payments to the city mm-hmm. uh and you know we we in, in and unite here and a lot of other community members have really really pushed hard to have yale do more for the city mm-hmm. they move their annual contribution from 13 million dollars a year to 23 million dollars a year That's and so both of those things in in tandem have stabilized our finances and allowed us to actually uh in a number of ways increase the kind of investment that we're putting into the community in particular the folks that are struggling the most and i i think we couldn't we couldn't have done that if it, the timing wasn't right if so many people hadn't worked to lay the groundwork mm-hmm. but 
because of that funding, you know, we had we had a small surplus this year. The rating agencies have in, increased our ratings, and we're not we're, we're not as much you know talking about ourselves as the poor city. We're we're determining what direction we want to head in because we're on a stable financial footing, and we weren't able to do that four years ago. That's right. Oh, okay. Well, well done. Absolutely. <laughs> well done. So for someone watching us, this, all of, all of us, it is, really it is all of us. It is all of us, but it, it takes leadership. It takes vision, right? And it takes acknowledging what the current circumstances are and seeing it in another way. So, so you can, you can accept it as a, as a compliment to your leadership, um, because it does take <laughs> leadership and vision. So thank you for that. Beautiful. Mayor mm -hmm. Elliker. What advice would you give someone watching this from around the world looking to become a mayor? What advice would you give them going into politics? And we're going to wrap this up. We want, we're going to wrap this up with about two more questions, but what advice would you give them? Okay. Yeah, no worries. I got all day. Um, I, I, I think, you know, follow your heart and remember why you, remember why you got involved, right? Um, because I think for some people out there, they start to get so obsessed with winning and re-election mm. that they forget about the the reason that they initially wanted to get involved in elected office. And so when you're so obsessed about winning an election, you're more likely to potentially compromise your values mm -hmm. to get that person's support or this person's support. You're more likely to change your position on something if you know you can get a, a, this group of people to support you. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good thing. You got you you've got to follow your heart and um, and work hard. The second thing is, I would say, don't give up. You know, I, I said earlier that 2013, I lost. I ran for mayor and I lost. That's right. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I and I didn't, you know, I I, I like to think I handled it well, um, that I, I said that uh, both both parties ran a great race and very much supportive of Mayor Harpin, her efforts to run the city and want to see, we, we all believe in the success of the city. And um, when you lose, you you learn a ton, you learn a ton. And uh, and you, you come back at it uh, with that knowledge a second time around, and you could potentially be more successful. And then the third thing is just get involved in the community because mm -hmm. you can't be successful if people don't know the who you are. And I don't mean like your name, I mean who you are inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't just show up and say, I'm running for mayor without people actually having a sense of the kind of person you are before you're, um, you're in campaign mode. Yeah. And I want to I want to circle back to what you said earlier, because it started with you thinking about what was the climate, what was happening when you answered earlier, you were talking about things that you were complaining about. Right. So there has to be some awareness and alertness. If I listen to you, right, <laughs> paying attention to what's going on and seeing what things you want different. Right. What things you want to, to see change and can you do it? So it seems to me like that's that's the seed. Right. Of getting into politics is wanting to see things uh, go differently than how they are. Exactly. And also understanding what other people want. Right. I mean, some a lot of getting involved in the community isn't people just knowing you, but it's you knowing them too right. and knowing what people's struggles are. And um, we, we we all may have some understanding of what people are going through, but we don't have a true understanding until we really talk with all different people. And that can help you 
be successful and win, but more importantly, it helps you be a better leader because you're coming with many more people's stories in your mind as you work to uh, address their challenges. That's servant leadership, right? You're actually, your, your role is to serve, not to be served. So yeah, no, I appreciate your lifting exactly. that up. Mayor Ellicker, thank you so much for coming on the show. Gigi and I are very excited, but we can't let you leave yet. We have a very important question. <laughs> All right, you ready for this one? First question. Oh, I'm nervous now. <laughs> what is your favorite three podcasts? Now you do a lot of podcasts. What's your favorite three podcasts? This is now this, this is, is a conversation with Chief and Gigi. There we go. It's a soft pitch. Good answer. <laughs> okay, you can give us two others now. Two more. Obviously, right? Obviously. I so I, I'm kind of uh, nerdy in that way that I I like uh, listening to um, the daily. I don't know if you 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 all are familiar with the daily it's like a they come out with daily like analysis of what's going on in the world today in politics this american life is another great one that that they talk a lot about just different people's stories and really get in depth in different people's stories and so i'll, I'll give those as my two favorites all right well, all right well selected and the well last selected. question gee we're gonna have fun with this okay your three favorite artists of all time music artists so I want people to oh, know man. a little little about ah. just Mayor Justin Ellicker. Your three favorite artists. Be open with it. Let people know. So I, I play the guitar, um, play a little bit of banjo, although I need, I, I need a little bit more work there. And so I actually like a lot of bluegrass music nice. um, mm -hmm. and uh, and then I'll, I'll folk music. So, you know, I, I would say Paul Simon is, is something that I really enjoy because – a lot of people know those tunes, John Denver. A lot of people know those tunes, John and they're Denver, really good John, for yeah. not just me playing, but a ton of people playing and singing together. Um, there's a, 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 a Bela Fleck is a really good banjo player, and uh, gets into you know he's very very creative and um, and skilled at the banjo. So that's another person that I like. But uh, I, I like a lot of the kind of old school folk folk music, Peter Paul and Mary, that sort of thing. That um, that talks that has a has a real theme, but also allows people to sing along with you. Lyrically right. timeless, right? You, Paul Simon. Exactly. Yeah, I know these are pieces that people. And I know I know one of your favorite too. She Gigi doesn't know, but uh, Justin and I are very big fans fans of uh Rick Ashley from 1987. Oh. <laughs> yes, he loves, <laughs> yes, never want to give you up. <laughs> let's be honest with it, Justin. Let's be honest. We'll have to sing it sometime. We'll have to sing it together sometime. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is Jazzy Conversations. I'm Teef. I'm Gigi. Thanks again. See you well. Take thank care. Thank you so much, Mayor. Take care, Mr. Wonderful Mayor. Wonderful having you with Take us. Take care. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, have a good one. You too. Bye. Gee, that was great. Oh, that you was did amazing. A great time. I'm so glad we had that time to, to sit with him and hear about him outside of the politics. Oh, absolutely, right? absolutely. Just a family man. Absolutely. That was the heart. most that was the, that was the part I really wanted to hear about mm -hmm. a little about his kids. Same way with you. You always and you you're a businesswoman, as everyone, everyone knows. And you're responsive. I gotta spend time with my husband, my kids, I gotta find time. We talk about that all the time. That's right. And it's very important for him to say, listen, whatever I gotta do with my kids, if we're gonna go up East Rock. We're going to go up as a threesome. We're going to drag them along, so, yeah, and they're going to get a piece push of that this. I'm going to get have them so with I, me. I needed to hear that. And having a supportive wife, you know, because yeah. he's dealing so much with the city. And yeah. same way, you, you, I know Adam is always there for you. We've talked several That's times. Right. And uh, so that part, getting to know that part about him was very important. Yeah, I enjoyed it. This was He was a great guest. We'll have to have him back. Next week, tune in again. Cherie Walker.
acting coach from Manhattan, New York. She's worked with all the great actors, everyone you could think of from Brad Pitt to uh, Forrest Whitaker to many others. Uh, she'll be on the show next week, Jazzy Conversations with Tief and Gigi. Till next week, I'm Tief. I'm Gigi. Have a great day. Take care, guys. Be well, everyone.